Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by Engage for Good and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com and selfishgiving.com. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, hey. Megan, we have a great show today. We always have a great show. It continues a great show, but you know, one of the things that we've been digging deep into this year is talking to organizations about their corporate partnership programs, talking about their cost marketing, talking about the impact and measurements of those programs. And on the line with us today, Megan, is Adrian Weil, and she is Vice President of Partnerships at Partnership for a Healthy America. And we're going to be talking to her about how they approach corporate partnerships, cause marketing, and how they measure the impact of both of them. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Thank you so much for having me. A lot of our listeners may not know a lot about the Partnership for a Healthy America. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about what you folks do? Sure. Um, and for a bit of context, you know, the reason that we exist is because America is in the midst of a public health crisis with many children and adults um, being overweight or having obesity and other chronic dis- conditions. So our goal is that all children, especially those disproportionately affected, will live healthier lives growing up to be adults free from obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and other chronic conditions. And the way that we go about that is fairly unique. Um, Our mission is to leverage the power of the private sector to bring lasting systemic changes that improve the food supply and increase physical activity. And the working with the private sector is what's unique to us because we really believe that there's a lot of power there and a lot of untapped potential. And so talk a little bit about your role then at the partnership. As VP of Partnerships at PHA, I have the pleasure of leading a team that develops, manages, and verifies partnerships across a variety of industries and sectors. And for us, private sector includes both large nonprofits like the YMCA, as well as for-profit entities um, like Walmart. Well, so you have a lot of partners. How many partners do you have in total, Adrian? We have over 225, and they, as I mentioned, really run the gamut, some that you would absolutely expect and others you may not. So give us a description of what a partnership looks like with you, especially on the for-profit side. Sure. Um, one of the most tangible examples I can share is our partnership with the Dannon Company. It's now Danone Wave. And what Dannon committed to in 2014 was that across three years, they would improve the nutrient density and reduce sugar and fat in yogurt products. In addition, they will also invest in education and research focused on healthy eating habits, and they really knocked it out of the park. Um, As you'd be able to see from our online progress report, they were able to hit all of the goals that, um, that we had set as part of the partnership. So through reformulation, line extensions and innovations in their product mix, nutrient density, and across the product portfolio improved 10% plus from baseline. They also were able to meet their overall commitment for total sugar reduction with 78% of the volume of products containing less than 23 grams of total sugars per six ounces. And they also have um, about 87% of the volume of products meeting the U.S. FDA definition of fat-free or low in fat. And that represented a 19 percentage point increase from baseline. Um, They also used 
invested significantly in education and research, um, really besting their goal of three million for a combined total of three point three over the three years. So they exceeded their commitment really on all fronts. So is that how you typically work with partners? Then you help them work to make their products healthier? Um, Or are there other ways that you're touching consumers through these corporate partnerships? There is a little bit of the behind the scenes work that is core to what we do. And we you know, know that that can be a challenge for an organization, but it's also one of our greatest strengths. We have negotiated with so many organizations and companies that we understand what will resonate with consumers, with, with more traditional advocates, um, with all the different stakeholders who are engaged in this particular issue from a public health standpoint. So working really collaboratively with a partner to understand what are your business goals how can that dovetail with what we need for America to be healthier? And I think it's really important to highlight that while I gave you the example of Dannon, we work with partners in a variety of industries, including physical activity. And while we've got these one-off partnerships, like what we had crafted with Dannon, we also have initiatives like our Healthier Campus Initiative, work with the convenience store sector and, and others um, that are really important and allow us to have both breadth and depth. Um, when, as we're trying to make sure that there are healthier options and increased physical activity for all kids and families. And then are you also getting funding from these corporate partners or are you government funded exclusively? We are actually not government funded at all. Um, we were founded with foundation grants um, and we're very fortunate to be um, created alongside but separate from Let's Move. And we knew that our organization would need to exist um, past an administration change. And so we've been really cognizant of developing financial sustainability. We're fortunate that those foundations continue to support us. And we are really grateful that our partners support um, our work in a variety of ways, whether it is outright contributions, supporting our major events like our Innovating a Healthier Future Summit, which is May 2nd to 4th in D.C., or our gala, which will be September 27th of this year as well. Well, I'm happy to say that your gala is on my birthday this year. Awesome. Adrian. So I would be willing to come, but only- That's why they planned yeah, it. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering, is there going to be a cake? And I just want to let you know right now, I will not that take is, a low sugar we are- cake. <laughs> All right. I want like we're all about moderation. Um, and you will if you check out right, our, our dietitians who are on staff, we definitely abide by the 80-20 rule. You'll be happy to know that that we definitely got bite-sized okay, treats. Good. All right. <laughs> hey, Adrian, one of the things I'm curious about your partnership with these companies, especially, is who goes to whom? Like, do you go to Dannon and say hey, you know, your products kind of have a lot of sugar in it. Why don't you work with us to reduce that? Or does Dannon come to you and say, we could use some help from an entity like you to reduce the amount of sugar? You know, what are some of the things that we need to do or best practices or how do we go about that? Like, how does that relationship start? Sure. It, it really varies. We've been fortunate that we have been approached. Um, even though we are only eight years old, we've certainly created a name for ourselves ourselves among um, stakeholders in this space. So while we do get approached by by lots of folks, we also certainly seek out those opportunities. So based on what we're seeing from a research perspective and what our board is sharing with us, we have some of the foremost experts on public health um, and specifically obesity and chronic disease on our board. We really try to be systematic and strategic about who would be able to impact the issue and you know leverage relationships we're very fortunate that our partners you know have networks themselves and and reach out on our behalf and put in good words so it's really been a mix 
you know, that's interesting because I think the value too is like, you know, I think these companies probably want to do some of this. So I think going into an entity with yours because you have a lot of the experts on staff, it allows them to figure out like, you know, what is significant here? How do we do this in a way that's appropriate and effective and get it done? And you provide that kind of resource to people. Right. And I think that there there is a lot of good intent. There is a lot of talk around the importance of purpose and how it resonates with both in employees and consumers and various stakeholders, but sometimes folks don't know where to start. And so the fact that we have been able to help nudge organizations and companies to do more than they otherwise might have is really important to us. And we really are about progress, not perfection. We know that they're, everyone's got a different starting point. We want to be able to push, but in a way that is feasible and 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 really ensures that it's you know pro capitalism we are in a capitalist society we think there's a lot of opportunity for business and the private sector to do good um, and it's just about channeling that energy in a way that makes sense for both the bottom line and for um, the health of Americans how do you talk about measuring your corporate partner impact is that something you do is that something you work with them to try to develop some metrics right at the beginning when you were talking about Dan and you gave us all sorts of great stats but how 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 does that happen what's that process that is part of the process of negotiating the partnership so we want to make sure that we're identifying what um, those impacts are going to be at the at the end of the commitment term and we certainly talk with the partners and the prospects to understand what kind of data do you have at your fingertips. We want to make sure that it's not creating an undue burden on them. Um, We also want to make sure that it's meaningful. So in the spirit of wanting to align with our business, we talk through how are we going to measure that impact? What is it going to look like? And what you see in our annual progress report is an output of all of those conversations. So we start at at the beginning from what are we going to measure what is the data that you will submit to our third-party verifiers? And at what date will that be submitted? And um, by when will you be compliant, for, for lack of a better term? So we very transparently report how that progress is going, and partners have an opportunity to provide some contextual um, statements on, on how the successes and challenges have been for them. The, the stats that we collect are, you know, in addition to that basic data, we also ask for any voluntary you know, tidbits that folks are game to share. So whether it's an increase in sales or engagement with our employees, um, we want to highlight that as well. And we've got a team devoted to um, impact and evaluation here. So it's really core to what we do. We want to make sure that a commitment made is a commitment kept. You know, doesn't it sound, Megan, like this is a huge organization, but how many people do you have, Adrian? <laughs> we are a couple of dozen. Um, so we are. We. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like she's running like the FDA. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. You know what I mean? Does. Like all these, you know, Joe, we have all these experts, blah, blah, blah. And then I asked her before you and I was like, how many people? She, well, you know, a couple dozen people, you know. Well, we really try to punch above our weight and we are fortunate that the organization is made up of folks with a variety of backgrounds, from folks with an MBA like myself to others who come from an agency background, folks with a master's in public health, entrepreneurs, etc. And um, so that diversity of thought and approach is really important to us. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about your FNV campaign, because that was something that um, was was addressed at our conference a couple of years ago at Engage for Good. And it's such a fascinating campaign. And it's a little bit more traditional. Um, it's not really cause marketing, if you will, but it's more of that consumer play. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Yes, for sure. So while some of the work that we've talked about so far is really on the supply side of 
what is getting onto the shelves for for folks when they're at a retail at a retail spot. A lot of our work is around fostering demand for those healthier options because we know that folks are inundated with marketing for some of the you know less healthy options. And while we're all about uh, just making sure that there are more and healthier options, one of the ways to you know, see success there is to drive people to actually select it. So um, both our Drink Up campaign, which is around water and increased consumption of that, as well as F&B, which is increasing fruits and veggies. Um, it's really leveraging the tactics of marketing 101 to um, change you know hearts and minds around the coolness factor of fruits and veggies. So our whole stance is about being positive and not having kind of a finger wagging approach of you have to do this or you must eat that or don't touch this. And leveraging celebs is a tactic that lots of companies take um, and use to good effect. So we are fortunate to have Team F&V. All of these celebrities are contributing um, their time and, and likeness, and we're really fortunate to have that continue to grow. Um, it is as you said, not a traditional cause marketing approach. Um, we do have that with some of our other partners, especially um, active are those in the convenience store space because they're you know really used to um, that kind of a dynamic of customers being at checkout or doing a um, a coin drop. So we've we really try to run the gamut and and leverage support however we can. Hey, tell us a little bit more about the convenience, the work you're doing with convenience stores. I thought that was interesting when you and I first connected about that. The reason that we work with that industry is, and some folks might say, you know, that seems like kind of an unlikely pairing, um, is that one in two Americans goes into a convenience store every day. And that's really Mm -hmm. kind of a staggering stat. We've been very fortunate that the um, industry association, the National Association of Convenience Stores, has been an ally for several years. They actually are members now themselves. And the convenience store work is within that initiative framework that I mentioned earlier. So there are a variety of pieces to the to the framework, um, including increasing the supply of healthier options, fostering demand for them, including highlighting drink up in F&V and store, and then um, employee benefits. So thinking about, you know, do folks have the opportunity to park their bike in a bike rack outside and make sure that they can, you know, exercise on their way to work? Can they get a discount or a free piece of fruit while they're on their shift? And it's really important to us to um, ensure that those who don't always have the opportunities to, you know, live healthier lives are afforded those opportunities and that we help create them. So um, that work is continuing to grow, has a lot of momentum, and we're really excited about it. Yeah. Well, you know, Adrian, I know that Megan at her local convenience store, she's down there all the time getting her Siggies and scratch <laughs> tickets. So she goes at least yeah. once a day to a convenience store. <laughs> I do go to the store a lot. Yeah, you don't you don't strike me as that kind of individual. (laughs) Oh oh you have no idea. Adrian, you have no idea. Joe's just covering (laughs) covering for his own nasty habits. Well, you you did mention member organizations, though, Adrian. Can you talk about how that works? Do you have corporate members? So our 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 terminology is really around partners. Um, I know some some folks, you know, use the term members um, because you know some of our model is you know, reminiscent of a member organization. Um, But our terminology is really about ensuring that there's this network of partners who are like-minded. They may be in different industries. They may um, have different business goals, but they can all rally around this one this one goal from a public health standpoint. And we really believe that everyone has a role to play. One of the most 
you know, encouraging pieces about our work is that folks who may not have necessarily seen eye to eye on a variety of other topics can see eye to eye on this. And there have been business development opportunities that have resulted additional, you know, alliances and strategic partnerships. Um, and that's been really exciting for us to see because we, we really believe that there is power in numbers. And particularly when you're looking at something from an industry perspective, there's a little bit of co-optition. And we are fortunate that you know, folks have come together, um, you know, across different industries and, and sometimes with competitors directly, you know, behind the movement of what PHA is trying to foster. So, Adrian, are you folks a 501c3 or is it different for you? That we are indeed. Ah, very good. Yeah, because sometimes you know how membership, what is it, Megan? Membership organizations, sometimes they're a different type of nonprofit. They have a different letter or number or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know specifically. Yeah, know yeah, yeah. About. So when it when you were talking about the convenience store work, you said that was a little bit more of a traditional cause marketing partner. Can you give us an example of what that might look like at a convenience store? I mean, it sounds like you're working with them to improve options, but that's not necessarily cause marketing typically. Right. So that really is in the traditional sense of either having the opportunity to round up at register to be able to do a coin drop. Um, one of our partners, um, Quick Trip, which is based out in Wisconsin and Minnesota and Iowa, has done a coin canister campaign in support of PHA's mission the past three years, and um, to date has raised $255,000 for our organization and our mission, yes, and to really help invest in healthier futures. So um, we're really grateful for that. They are they are not the only one. Um, and it certainly is something that helps get our the word out about PHA and, and what our partners are doing with consumers. Um, because obviously, a lot of the work that we do on a day to day basis is more B2B. No, but that's great that, you know, and Megan, think about it, too. Convenience stores are one of those places, too, where where you still see a fair amount of cash. I mean, it's it's going away in a lot of ways, but you still get those types of coins and nickels and quarters and stuff like that that you can drop in to a, um, a donation box. So, I'm, you know, I'm not surprised that they raised that much money. That's pretty impressive. I'm also curious, Adrian, as the VP of Partnerships, it strikes me that you're working with very different types of people within a company. Like if you're working with Dannon on supply chain issues and product reformulation, that's going to be you know, way in the product development side versus a convenience store retailer, you know, where you're going to be working with, you know, maybe the marketing or operations people. So how do you navigate that internally from company to company? Like, how do you know where those right touch points are when you're approaching a company? We try to be as strategic as possible and think about where the opportunities are within each organization and who would have the decision-making power for it and for making any kind of voluntary business practice change we have found that generally the more people who are involved, the better, and both in terms of engagement as well as the actual um, results of the partnership. And uh, you're totally right. It, it can vary from those who are in R&D and across the supply chain to packaging for those who are using healthier icons or um, marketing folks and, and really people at the front line when you're talking about a convenience store or those who are serving meals at cultural destinations you know, with folks like Sodexo. So um, it definitely runs the gamut, but we have learned, as, as in with most things, that more engagement, the better, and the more senior leadership buy-in that you can get, um, the more likely you are to see success. And we've been fortunate to highlight some of those leaders in our on our blog, on our site, and um, and really seeing that there's both a personal and a professional connection to the work that we do. 
And do you have many companies that you might start out in supply chain, but then they're like, this is so great. We want to expand to, blah, you know, a different area. Yes. And we also have folks who have, you know, might be working on a particular area and then come back and say, you know, we see a lot of opportunity in this and we want to either double down on something we've already started or expand our work. So we've been fortunate that um, some of our partners have essentially come back and re-upped, um, in particular, our early child care centers um, have this past um, summit announced a new partnership with us um, to really focus on new areas, everything from physical activity to gardening and making sure that the littlest kiddos um, are getting healthier habits early on. Well, Adrian, this has been so fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about PHA with our audience. If people want to learn more about you or about your organization, how might they do that online? Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Um, our organizational info um, is at ahealthieramerica.org. Note that there is an A before Healthier America. And our Twitter is at PHA News. If you're interested in Team F&B and joining on, we've got great social. It's really clever and very fun. And that's at Team FNV. And my personal Twitter is at Adrian, M as in Mary, Weil, W-E-I-L, and would love to connect with folks. We are always seeking new partnerships. We've got a lot of great benefits in terms of recognizing our partners, connecting them with each other, um, and highlighting their progress um, internally and externally. So would love to chat with anyone who is interested. Awesome. Thank you. Joe, where can people find you online if they'd like to do that? Well, people can find me Minute to Minute talking to Adrian on Twitter at Joe Waters. Make sure to check me out there. Definitely swing by SelfishGiving.com. Make sure to sign up for my email newsletter. It comes out every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Megan writes me every week and tells me how much she enjoys it. You'll enjoy it, too. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good, which is also where you can find show notes for today's episode, engageforgood.com, as well as selfishgiving.com. And while you're online, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And on behalf of Adrian and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time.